buy me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of the Sports Nuts Podcast. This is your podcast where you guessed it, we talk about sports. And along with me, as always, is the one, the only, not only a friend, he's a friend with a brand new microphone. Oh yeah, I said it, brand new microphone. Mr. Bruce. How are you doing today, Bruce? I'm doing okay, but we jumped the gun on the new mic. That hasn't gotten here yet, but soon, soon. Oh, I misunderstood him then, so forget that last comment I said. he He's the man without the new microphone. He's got a really old, crummy one, so everybody kind of email him and give him grief about, man, your microphone is old. Just why? Because you can. Why not? So uh, anything new up there in your neck of the woods? Well, I've been practicing eating a lot because this Saturday we're headed off to the Sea Dogs in Portland, Maine to cut some baseball. All right. I... You know, a friend of mine had tickets for the game last weekend, the Rangers game, and I could not go. And the only reason I was upset was there were Rangers were in that big 10-game win streak. But not only that, it was dollar hot dog night. Oh, yeah. See, that's where the best part about it is. When I was looking for tickets on their site, uh, I saw that behind home plate, I could get two tickets for 14 bucks each. Now, that's a great deal. But then as I was looking, I saw... For $29, all you can eat. And I thought, what does that mean? And it's like everything you think it is. For three hours, you get to eat all the hot dogs, the hamburgers, the barbecue chicken sandwiches, and all the sea biscuits you can stuff in your gullet. Okay, so here's the plan. Eat a little, eat quite a bit every day. Stretch your stomach out a little bit. The morning of, don't eat squat till you get to the game that night. And then... uh have at least one hot dog, one nacho, and one burger. Those three are like mandatory. Well, I'm way ahead of you. I've been to a buffet a day. I am ready. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, we're going to start off with a little NFL talk here, believe it or not, being in the offseason here. Um, Off-season uh, practice, OTAs started uh, with teams this week. This is all volunteers, so a lot of your contract holdouts people aren't there. People that want new contracts want to make sure they don't get injured aren't there. Uh, so it's a standard procedure here and there. The only really surprising thing I saw was from the Minnesota Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater was there. Totally surprised me. He showed up. He's well, that's seen... actually kind of. Go ahead. Oh, no. That's a good sign. Yeah. And then I started reading a little more. He's probably going to practice all the way up through till game one, and then he will put in the injured reserve for another season. And I can see that now. Saying that, uh, the owners are in their off-season meetings, and one of the rule changes involves injured reserves. I did not know this was a rule until now. Right now, up until now, they changed it, though. If you, if you had somebody in injured reserve, which means it didn't count against a salary cap. You could only bring one person back. So let's say you had two people at injured reserve. Only one of the two could come back off injured reserve for the year, which kind of surprised me. And they said, well, we had, you know, practice squad and all this other stuff. Well, now they up that to two. So end of the year, if they need somebody, they 
he might come back if he's okay. But uh, this year is it. After this year, he's a free agent because they did not pick up his option. So I, I am I, I, honestly, I'm not expecting high hopes for anything with Teddy Bridgewater. Just the fact that no one has really come back with that injury and, and played almost anything. So what I really see them doing is the Vikings, and this is my speculation, is before the season starts or right after the end of the season, they sign Bradford to like a two-year contract, and then they pick somebody up in the draft. That's kind of what I see going forward. But then again, who knows? Uh, until you see what happens this year, you, you really don't know. But other than that, OTAs, practices in the NFL, I – no real surprises. Uh, you always get the same speculation. Oh, this rookie's doing great. This rookie's not doing too good. This rookie isn't keeping up. This one's doing five times better than expected. That's normal. The only really shock I saw was Bridgewater and Camp. So one of the interesting aspects of this is I've been reading some of the New York papers trying to figure out what their intention is with the quarterback position because not only did they avoid the quarterbacks in the draft, but they're not even making any sounds or at least they're playing it close to the vest as to if they're dealing with any teams or trying to negotiate something because I got to tell you without a quarterback they can't they can't sign Fitzgerald because he just found his way as a backup with another team which I'm forgetting right now but they don't have that option anymore so they are kind of in the worst case scenario for them which leads me to believe that if Bridgewater shows some signs of life. I wonder if uh, the Jets would consider something like that. Uh, they could. Yeah, I could see that. I think it was, it was Tampa Bay, somewhere in Florida. It was Tampa Bay or Miami, and I really want to say Tampa Bay, where he signed as their backup. Yeah, he was uh, going in, Fitzpatrick, as a backup, and I was reading that this week also. Good money, not great, good money. So he's one of the top-paid backups in the league, and I'm thinking he just said, hey, they got a decent team. They have, you know, you know, a decent system set up. I'll make some okay money, and if something happens, I can be a starter and kind of fit in. So uh, if he was going to be a backup, that was probably his best fit. Well, I guess some of the other rumblings around the NFL, uh, you know, people are still talking about the postmortem of Chicago and what they did there. Boy, I'll tell you, uh, I'd almost rather have the New York Jets situation as opposed to what the Bears did with uh, Glennon and then picking high in the draft for a spot that nobody wanted to begin with. That's There's some damage control going up there in Chicago. Yeah, it's that's what I was saying, I think, a couple weeks ago. I think Chicago has taken uh, Cleveland's spot this year is, huh? That's all you can really say. Uh, My only speculation as they're doing this was just so knowing they will probably have a bad season, they'll get another high pick, and if they need, they can get another quarterback. And between the two they have now and the one they'll draft next year out of those three, hopefully they can get a franchise quarterback. That's my only guess what they're thinking is we know we're going to be bad. We're going to purposely – not, I don't want to say tank because the players aren't going to tank week one, but knowing they're not going to be greatest, so they'll have a top five pick probably. Get another quarterback because next year's crop is supposed to be better. They'll have a choice of three. So in that theory, they could have their franchise and a solid backup. So that's my only guess. That's all I got about what's going on with them. 
Well, speaking of three, I'm going to give you three names. You know what they all have in common. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, Johnny Manziel, and Robert Griffin III. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. You can't sneak that by me. I'm a CFL fan. Uh, they are all like uh with the cfl now they're not signed with the cfl there's not even been talks with the cfl but the bc lions i believe that's a team right that have the rights to them close the hamilton tiger cat okay yeah yeah i i shoot i got the wrong team but yeah basically what that means is they have the rights to talk to them if they want to go to the cfl now Every team, it's a first-come, first-served basis. What they can do is they can name any person in the world they want to and say, we got rights to them, we got rights to them. They only have a limited number of rights they can choose. But let's say Kaepernick says, I do want to go to the CFL. Once he says that and he starts a negotiation, they only have exclusive rights for 14 days. Then anybody can negotiate with him. So if Kaepernick really wants to play the system and go up there, he can say, hey, I am uh, want to go to the CFL, have his agent talk to the Hamilton and get an offer and just say, well, think about it, wait two weeks and just go from there. Um, and saying that, I was actually thinking about this before I heard this news. Kaepernick might be a good CFL candidate. You have to be mobile and you have to have a strong arm. Those are the two things you need. Now, Hearing about him, some of the accuracies, eh, but if that can be worked out, he might be decent up there. But right now, Hamilton in no way needs a quarterback. In no way. They got a stud up there right now starting. So, yeah, that's I believe that's what you're going to talk about, right? Oh, exactly. In fact, one of the interesting aspects of this was from reading about it, I didn't realize, but apparently these lists are actually supposed to be kept uh, not necessarily secret, but the team isn't disclosing uh, who they have rights to because should a player decide they do want to uh, negotiate, then what will happen is that because this list is available, now other teams will uh, show some interest. And if they show interest, then that only benefits the players because now they have a bargaining chip and that's where prices get kind of expensive but i mean for these three guys i quite frankly think that kaepernick still has a shot at going back to the nfl but manzel and griffin geez if they want to continue football they really i don't think they have nfl in them anymore yeah the, right now the chl is saying uh hamilton released it and hamilton is saying uh the front office leaked it so who knows it, it's just one of those things that got out there and i personally think hamilton leaked it out there um just uh let those quarterbacks know hey think about us you know it, it's there's a possibility there speaking of kaepernick another thing i was thinking about today is where would he be a good fit? And I was really thinking about the different teams. The only team that really makes sense right now, to me, would be Seattle. Because Seattle already has a lot of, I don't know what a good way to say this is, noise. I don't want to say disruption because they've always had, you know, stuff going on. And I just want to say it's noise. It's nothing bad, nothing great. Just a lot of noise about the team, you know, stuff people are talking about, talking about them. They're doing people, you know, in their locker room. They already have that quote, quote, noise, for lack of a better term. So adding him there, I do not think would be that big of a deal. And honestly, I think he'd be a 
pretty good fit for uh, their system. Well, given the fact that they've got a 900-pound running back that they drafted this year in Eddie Lacy, uh, they're going to have to have another running option. Yeah, speaking of that, he made his first weight signing in, which means he got a $55,000 bonus. Now, see, I would have loved to have gone to my doctors today, weighed in a couple of pounds lighter, and had them hand me that kind of cash. That'd be nice. Uh, that that's some motivation. That's the motivation, you know, to get on the elliptical machine to saying fifty-five grand. But of course, I'm not being chased by someone who's three hundred fifty pounds either. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, anything else in the NFL before we move on? Uh, very quickly, one thing that did make news today was uh, the New England Patriots are restructuring uh, Rob Gunk, Gronkowski's contract, which is kind of interesting because I think that once you've gotten to that point with the New England Patriots, I think you'll be a Patriot for life because that's essentially what Brady's been doing all these years to extend his career with New England. And I think that this is smart on Gronkowski's part for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah, there's a lot of incentives in there, and he really, quite frankly, hasn't been healthy for quite some time now. Uh, I can't, I'm can't. i hard-pressed to remember the last time he's actually played a full season, so it, it will be interesting. So the Patriots clearly like him, want him as their future, um, so good for both sides for coming to a, an agreement on this. Yeah, they save, they'll probably save money, and if he has just a monster year and plays all 16, he will make about what he would have made. So it's not like that's not there, but I, you're right. I think he's looking at that saying, hey, I'd probably have this year left, and they'll probably cut me if I have another injury year. Well, at this contract, they'll keep me around for a couple more years at that price. So I, I think it's kudos for both sides for doing that. Oh, and actually, I just saw it. So the last full season he played was actually back in 2011. Yeah, I knew it's been a few years. Uh, but his style of really hard hitting over the middle, that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, he's he's isn't known for, you know, his uh, Iron Man capability. No, not at all. Uh, but, you know, we've got a lot of stuff we could talk about for future episodes so we'll we'll talk about players health down the line okay now let's get into what honestly to be straight up with everybody me and bruce really want to talk about hockey yeah we're hockey guys so uh big news is nashville as time recording this last night did uh take out uh anaheim and they won the series for two pittsburgh uh and ottawa play tonight and it's 3-2 Pittsburgh's up so Pittsburgh can get in tonight so mining your predictions are kind of really going out the window uh, for that so um, I don't think any of us had Nashville's going to the finals uh, and I had if I remember I could be wrong here I thought it was I had uh, Ottawa and Capitals in the finals and Capitals winning so I, uh, that's as close as I got Oh, I'm not even in the ballpark. The only series I got remotely right was Boston-Ottawa out of the gate. So I apparently know nothing about hockey this year. Which is kind of a good thing, because which makes it uh, very interesting to watch the games. Although on a side note, almost a full minute has gone by, and Pittsburgh has not scored against Ottawa yet. They shellacked the Senators last time. Exactly. So out of all the series so far, what has been your biggest surprise? Good or, or quite bad. Good, good or well, bad. Good or bad. 
I think, quite frankly, anything that happened on the West Coast, I, I did not see any of that stuff happening. I mean, Ed, Edmonton, I thought, was a loaded gun. I, I did expect them to give San Jose a lot of problems, and the fact that they managed to finish them out showed that they're a team of the future. But, I mean, I didn't see the Ducks getting to where they did. And one of the things that surprised me about Nashville is Peter, Peter Laviolette, Geez, we've had him here coaching Boston, and I think really this was kind of the training grounds for him because uh, I don't, I, I can't say anything bad about him because his team is in the finals, and all the Boston fans are watching it on TV. So uh, good for Peter for figuring it out. Yeah, for me, the big surprise was Columbus. Just uh, dang near a donut. They won one game, and the rest of them. I think out of the four they lost, one of them they looked good in, not great, but the other three, they just rolled donuts. They, they were, they, I don't know what happened. Columbus did not show up, and I thought Columbus was a team that if they could get by Pittsburgh, could could go all the way, you know, if they could just get by, because they don't match up against Pittsburgh very well. But if they could get by Pittsburgh, but they 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 didn't even look that good to me, in my opinion. Well, and again, we're still picking up the pieces of the Chicago team. Uh, they didn't even score for the first two games. And uh, I got to tell you, that was so unexpected. And I'm kind of upset at that, too, because I like Chicago, but they just didn't show up. Yeah, I was thinking of that also uh, to talk about this. But looking how good Nashville has been throughout, uh, yeah, they won Chicago 4-0, to zero, uh, four games to zero. They played against St. Louis four games to two. Uh, one of those games they should have won. And then uh, Anaheim, uh, four to two. So, I, 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 yeah, they did not look very good. But I think part of that was just how good Nashville was playing. I think Nashville, like you, like uh, I think me and you talked about before, when you hit the playoffs, sometimes it's better to be hot than good. And they're just playing on right now. Well, one of the other things I've been harping on for the last couple of weeks is the quality of uh, the refing in these games. And one of the worst examples of that was, I think, maybe game three, where uh, I don't like Subban. I, I, I just think that he's just not a player I care for very much. However, on a particular play where he was cross-checked in the head and then hit the player's knee on the way down... He was fine for embellishment. Now, I got to tell you, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they justified that. And then to add insult to injury, they charge, they fined him $2,000. So the NFL really needs to take a harder look at some of these things. Yeah, uh, and then I forgot the player's name last week who had that racial slur, uh, for a uh, homophobic slur, uh, and he got the fine last week. Last year, am I not wrong, somebody from Chicago said the exact same thing, and they got suspended for a game in the playoffs. So it's like, huh? And at this time of year, I mean, honestly, that's that's not competitive at all. What You know, I think that here we are in 2017, and this stuff is still going on. It's a little disheartening. Yeah. I, I What he said was wrong, but sometimes I think – this is more not a sports thing in society as a whole. Sometimes you just need to grab a pair. What he said was wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. 
but I, I think us as a society has gone too far in you know you know in safe places and you can't be offended for anything uh sometimes you you know you just gotta for lack of a better term suck it up buttercup and move on whether they were right or wrong but again he was wrong but i, I just don't like uh, you know the nhl how last year somebody got suspended for the exact same word and this year it was a ten thousand dollar fine so it was like yeah okay well, you know, in some of these things, I get it. But really, when the day is done, <sighs> the Second Amendment protects your freedom of speech here. And, you know, nothing stops you from being an idiot. You're going to be an idiot. You're going to be an idiot. Nobody has to listen to you, and they can move on. So uh, in some respects, I, te I definitely agree with you. I mean, sometimes people get a little too overly sensitive. We're not condoning it, but again... You can be an idiot. This is America. You can do anything you want. So, unfortunately, sometimes people take advantage of that. Yeah, it, it's, you know, go back to some of the, you know, Darwinism, natural selection. You know, if you're the type of person that likes to stick a butter knife into an outlet every day, hey, one less person to breed. You know, uh, some of that, all the stuff we do to protect and some of that's kind of like, uh, okay, too much protection going on. You're right. The freedom of speech is out there. You can say whatever you want, and then you can have your consequences after it. And the NHL is a private entity. Um, they are not. I know the NFL is a nonprofit. I don't think the NHL is. So they are private corporations, so they can say whatever they want. You know, if they want to say, you know, uh, you know, say the Kool-Aid is now a word you say and you get suspended, they can do that. And I, I fully abide by a company's right to do what the company sees fit. So sometimes do I agree with some of the stuff? No, but it's, again, it's their right. But yeah, the, it, it, the season started so good with the suspensions and everything on. Everything was just great going on. Everything seemed great compared to the last couple of years where it was kind of like uh, uh, the Puck Podcast always had a thing they used to always do. You know, they called it the wheel of suspension. You know, what is it going to be this time? You know, every week the same offense was something different. They were so good three quarters through the season. A quarter left in the playoffs just kind of like, went back to the old ways so uh, yeah that that's one thing i wish the nhl would buckle down more it started off so great but yeah which also leads to why on one hand i hope that if toronto is going to win a stanley cup i hope it's soon so that way shanahan can step down and be charge of player safety again because i think under him the nhl made significant gains towards actual player safety and, and the best part about it one of the things i love about the nhl is they don't wait very long to hand down suspensions. If you committed a crime last night, you knew what your your penalty was today. And if it was a serious one, you would have an actual interview to defend your position before they handed it down. But they handed it down the day you had your hearing. So on one hand, like I said, they're they're expedient in how they they left it um, in terms of penalizing a player. I wish the rest of the major leagues would be like that, too, whether it's football or baseball or anything. And I think, really, with baseball, they need to start coming clean with PEDs anyway. That's becoming a bit much. Yeah, the 
one thing I will say about uh, I, I do like how the NHL after every suspension they have a video and they show the video and they're talking over the video saying this is what happened and this is why we're suspending him. That's nice. And every time somebody has something, it's out there NHL. It's good to see. So, excuse me. Kudos for that. Okay. How about we go on? Uh, last time we had a podcast, we talked about uh, the Dallas Stars trading uh, like a fourth round to the Kings for the rights to Ben Bishop for another three, four weeks. Uh, and Dallas did sign him. Uh, six year, $29 million. That kind of sounds woo. But it's very, very uh, skewed in the favor of the stars. Uh, it is seven million, then six point five, then five point five, then three five, then three five, then three five. So it goes down as a contract goes. Very, very uh, club friendly. So the stars do get their goalie. And then, as I was thinking of that after the year, I was like, uh, you know, talking about this and that the Anaheim just made i think that night or the next night just made the playoffs to the finals and i was like in a podcast I mean you did a while ago during the trade deadlines i was like wasn't there something with a trade about anaheim making it to the finals and sure enough if anaheim made it to the finals this year the stars got their first round pick this year if they didn't make it to the finals, the Stars got the second round pick next year. Second or third, I forgot. So the Stars were kind of a winner there. Um, uh, they got a person they probably weren't going to re-sign. Uh, they weren't going to the playoffs. And they ended up rolling a first round pick to it. And so right now, they got the third overall. They got lucky in the lottery. And they got the Ducks, who I think is picking like 28th. And then they turn around and have another one that's like 32. So uh, they really lucked out in the draft. And I'm hearing rumblings. The Stars are actively trading one of those first-round picks for a uh, top-line defensive. And that's what I'm hearing. And I, I think some of the other clubs might want to trade for a draft pick. Somebody they were going to like leave hanging out there you know, to uh, for Las Vegas. So uh, stars might up turning, you know, that draft pick into a, a top-line defensiveman. So uh, pretty good move on Neil for uh, general manager move there. I think that was pretty good gambling on that. Well, I'll, I'll go out on a limb here. I think one of the prospective defensive players that could be available actually is Cam Fowler because um, I know the Ducks were shopping him around earlier in the year. And he's a man who, uh, there were a lot of expectations, and I think that may be too much. And uh, he never quite fulfilled them. So it'll be interesting to see if his name actually ends up there. But looking very quickly, I knew that uh, the Stars had Lenin, but I'd forgotten about uh, Niemi. So, geez, that's some kind of uh, goalie squad you guys got there. Exactly. Speaking of that, we're going to bring this up in a little bit. That was actually one of my candidates. Uh, tis the season to talk about buyouts. If you guys don't know what it is in the NHL, a team, uh, I don't think it's every year. I think it's like one every like two or three years they can do it where they can buy a person out their contract out. Uh, and basically they're, they're paying them almost the whole contract. 
but the cap hits almost nothing. So it's kind of like a get out of jail free almost if they don't mind spending some money. So the stars really haven't done any buyouts and I think this is almost a given and my pick is going to be actually uh uh Lettinen, just because Niemi has been a little more healthy and so I really think they're going to buy uh Lettinen out. Uh the cap hit will be the buyout cap hit will virtually the same. Uh Niemi's cap hit would be after the buyout 1.5 million and Lettinen's would be 1.67 so they're virtually the same so I think they're going to keep Niemi because I think Niemi works well as a backup and I don't know if Lettinen would work well as a backup sometimes if he's not playing all the time he starts daydreaming so that's my guess but I one of the two I think is definitely going to get the buyout well in terms of Boston I think most likely the buyout here will be Jimmy Hayes I can't see why they still have him after all this time. And it's interesting because a couple of things have to happen this year. Uh, Boston seems to have been lucky with uh, uh, some of the uh, kids that they picked up uh, and who actually got playoff experience this year. Charlie McAvoy will most likely be on the parent team next year. I, I really can't see him not being in the lineup. But a couple of things need to be addressed. Boston has 10 centers. Now, that's a bit much, especially since they've only got two right wingers. That's Jimmy Hayes and Drew Stafford. And Drew Stafford was a good pick at the end of uh, last year when uh, they were going through free agency. Jimmy Hayes has just been absolutely terrible. So I think right now that's probably the only thing that I see. The other aspect of it is that it also depends on who Vegas drafts as well because that'll be another big uh, impact on who gets bought out and who just goes away. So uh, a lot of things are going to happen before training camp hits us this year. Yeah, and if if Las Vegas wants two good goalies, they could take, you know, Niemi or Lettinen as a backup. And that wouldn't be smart because their contracts are only like $4 million each, which isn't bad for a, for a goalie that could be a number one. Uh, so if that's the case, I still might see them buying the other person out because they got two people in the wings that are pretty good youngsters. So uh, they probably keep one for this year since it's the last year on the contract. But yeah, now just to be fair for buying out, I hate to always talk about stars, stars, stars. So I'm going to pick another team too, a non-stars for buyout. If he doesn't get taken, and I don't think he'll get taken just because of the amount of the salary, uh, the avalanche, uh, Francois uh, Bachman, you know, he's got a over $14 million hit this year. Uh, which is huge, and he's just been a kind of a disappointment for them. So if they buy him out, his cap hit will only be like four point five million. So if he doesn't get selected, I think he will get bought out unless he gets traded. Maybe the stars say, "Hey, let's talk to him first. If we can restructure your deal for a couple years, maybe the stars would be willing to trade that number twenty eight pick for him." Well, one other note that I actually just saw, too, was the the option of possibly letting Matt Bolesky go as well because he's been a gigantic bust. They thought when he'd come over from the Ducks, he'd at least give them some kind of physical play. But, you know, Bacchus seems to have filled that role in quite nicely in Boston. Uh, Bolesky mm, didn't turn out to be what they thought he was. 
Yeah, and any other any other buyouts you can think about throughout the league? I have kind of one I'm kind of thinking about, but uh, that would be Jason uh, Palmerville from the Wild. Uh, I'm hearing kind of rumblings. Uh, I was reading an article last week that he could never be a buyout cap because he's kind of been uh, a disappointment too. Yeah, right now, nothing much. I mean, uh, let's see, looking at some of the other teams, just evaluating their players as it is now. I mean, you know, I think if there's any candidates for buyouts, I'd look at probably the uh, last half of the uh, New York Islanders roster because, boy, that's a team that went nowhere this year. In fact, it's really too bad because when both the Islanders and the Panthers got rid of their coach mid-season of all things, that was such a stupid thing to do. Um, I think that you took two potentially uh, cup-driven teams and you've cut them both off at the knees. So what were once two promising teams, I think, are back into the rebuilding stage. And that's going to be a lot of chaos for both of those cities this year. Yeah, um, something kind of a different down different road a little bit similar. Uh, Tis the season for a KHL for the signings and everything too, because their season's done, it's over, so their waiting period's over. So you're starting to see a lot of teams start to pull them up. Uh, the Sabers picked one up. Florida Panthers picked a couple KHL people up, as we saw. Uh, we saw the Kings pick somebody up. So tis the season for a KHL. Well, he could, and let's face it, with the return of Radulov to Montreal and the season he had this year, holy smoke, I'm surprised people aren't just taking out wholesale uh, flights out to rush to reevaluate those players. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the Stars have a KHL player that went back there this year. Uh, uh, the, the, he asked the Stars, he would have been on the Stars, he probably would have been on the third line, and he asked, can I go to the KHL, and I forgot his name. He was uh, the first-round pick three years ago, four years ago, in his first year he was hurt. So, and he did pretty good. And I think in one or two years he'll come back and he'll still have the rights. Stars will still have the rights for him for a couple of years. So, uh, KHL is not bad. And, and I don't want to say that KHL is like the minor league. No. Um, it's its own entity. Uh, um, I think when they took a poll like a year or two ago, KHL players, something like 70% of them said, we have no interest no matter how much money going to the NHL. You know, they could pay us obscene. We have no interest. So very high percent have no interest to go to the NHL, which is good. Uh, for their product over there because they start a month before the NHL. So that gets me some hockey streaming uh, early in September. Okay, next thing we can go on to is what is, I'm going to ask you this, Bruce, and uh, then I'll tell you mine or I'll tell you mine if you want to think about it. What is one rule change you, you wish now that the season's over, um, playoffs are still going on, but what's one rule change you wish the NHL would make? this offseason well right off the bat the concussion thing i mean they've really cleaned up that uh ice can cause uh concussions and boards can't that that really needs to change above all i think yeah for me um it's something they instituted this last year the coaches challenge for offsides uh has it done some yes yes it has but the amount of time it shuts down, how it changes the game, because uh, um, a couple of coaches came out straight ahead and said the other team was having, uh, you know, a very good, you know, um, 
you know, pressing the play. So they just gambled because they were, they were going to take a timeout anyway. So they said, eh, let me just uh, stop their momentum a little bit, challenge that. It was close. I'll probably lose, but I don't care. It's the same as a timeout. So that's what they would do. And it just really disrupted the flow of the games. Just, you know, and it, so, and I think I read an article a week or two ago that during the regular season, it only reversed like three goals the whole season. So it really, I don't think it was what they thought it was going to be. Uh, I think they were overpressing after the playoff last year. You know, um, I think it was, was it? The Ducks that lost because of that? I could be wrong there. But, uh, yeah, I think they went overboard because of that uh, and kind of kind of like uh, the tuck rule, you know. And, uh, you know, Cutler, Mr. Buttfumble. So I, they sometimes they do real changes. So that I, I think I wish they would get rid of. Well, I know that you should never ever allow a referee to impact an outcome of the game. I think one of the things that also have to be addressed too are the officiating during these postseason games because let's face it, everybody is watching at this point. And if your crew on the ice can't get it right, I would like to think that the people who are watching the game above the ice could get it right. What does a team do when the officiating was so bad that the squad gets suspended after your series. What kind of recourse do the Bruins have now? I mean, there's no consolation in that. I mean, that ref that ref group there was suspended for the rest of the playoffs. That does Boston no good. So, uh, again, I think that during the playoff time, either the NHL needs to change the format in terms of who's on the ice and how they watch these games, uh, something has to be done differently here. Yeah, is now the NHL refs are not quote quote full time, but they are required to go to a lot of classes and training a lot more than like the NFL refs do. So I could see them upping that a little more, just because some of them, um, if somebody makes a mistake on the fly, it's horrible. I can live with it. I hate the ones where they're just blatant. They get the rule wrong, and that happened a couple times this year. That's a no excuse. If you're at that level, you should know the game. So that's what I, I would like go for classes, basically drill all the rules in. And uh, some of the mistakes I saw were just bad positioning by the refs. Now, mind you, sometimes it's a judgment where they have to go because of the puck play. But more often than not, I saw it was really bad positioning on the ref's part uh, because, you know, they couldn't see the play and they just kind of made their call without really seeing the whole play. So I think positioning change for the ref would solve quite a bit. Uh, no doubt about it. So, again, this is something that I think will always be ongoing, and I probably won't belabor this too much more because – Let's face it, it is the fastest game out there. And, uh, you know, you've got players that are moving as quickly as they are. The line changes happen so quickly. Um, you know, I get that part. But, you know, sometimes there are just plays that you have people in the stands yelling offside. So, you know, um, yeah, this is the time where they need to tighten up their game a little bit more, I think. Okay, and I have one more for you. Um, what do you think of this? Um, I'm not a big fan of the delay of game. The puck goes over the thing, you know, over the uh, 
offside for offs for delay of game penalty, and it's a two minute minor. What about changing it where that like basically turns into the same rules as an icing? You know, they can't make a change. The opponent can, and it's a face off in your end of the ice. I think that would be pretty good uh, because, uh, you know, uh, it was, who is it? Uh, Buffalo? I could be wrong there. Um, the plexiglass on the sides have to be a certain height because of some seating or something. It's like a foot and a half, two foot shorter. So, a lot of players, you know, shoot it high and it slips right over because it's so short compared to everybody else. And it really disrupts the game. And most of the time, you know, and it's usually not the rookie, it's the season pro that kind of does it. And that's another thing that really changes the game for just, you know, I don't even want to say a sloppy pass, you know, because some of the time it's even tipped and they don't see the tip. So I think turn it into like the same rules and icing would be another good change I like to see. Yeah, I'm, one part of me wants to go a little bit more crazier and say the team that tried to get that line off the ice has to keep them on the ice while the other team gets a fresh change of characters. That's what I'm saying. It would be the same as the icing. So if I'm playing you and I shoot it over the uh, delay of game over the thing. You can make a change. I can't, just like icing, and it's it's faced off on my side of the ice. So, you, you know, uh, the opposing team still gets a really good benefit. Fresh guys compared to a tire crew and a face-off uh, to the side, whatever side, you know, the puck went over on. So um, I think that would be a good rule change, but, you know, I, I don't see that happening. Okay, anything else you want to talk about? Right now? No, I think we've covered a lot of ground here today. Sounds good. I'm going to wrap this up and go watch that hockey game. Now, if you guys are listening to this, you already know what happened. But saying that, I want to thank Bruce for joining and coming on here today. And if you want to join us, just email Tracy at podnets.com. And I'm so happy Bruce did join me to help me do this podcast every week. Uh, you could, it's a much, much better uh, I did get one email this week, and they really liked the fantasy talk. So me and Bruce will talk, and we'll try to come up with something. We just don't want to eh, talk about fantasy every week if it's nothing there. So we'll come up with something good for you guys. But I did get uh, one email on the fantasy and another one saying uh, he liked the episode. So that was kind of good to hear. So thanks, everybody. If you want to comment, question, concern, and or corrections, just email Tracy at podness.com. And if you want to join us, email me and say, hey, I want to join you guys. Come on, doesn't matter. And that's it. Or if you just want to hang out and really not say anything when we record, that's fine too. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, downloading this and listening to it. Everybody have a good day. Good week. <laughs> <laughs>